Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And we know that one great way to celebrate life is by sharing stories with our grandchildren, especially those that are highly entertaining and filled with adventure. And that's where today's guest comes in. Riley Redgate is an award-winning author who published her first novel while she was still in college. Her latest book has been described as an enthralling update of Lord of the Flies set in space. And believe me, this is one heck of a great read for both young adults as well as for those of us on the feisty side of 50. So it's a real treat to share with your grandchildren. Riley's book is called Alone Out Here, and she joins us today to share all about it. Hi there, Riley. Hi, Eileen. It's great to talk with you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, it's a real pleasure for me to talk with you, and I have to say at the onset, I have a huge (laughs) congratulations on the success of all your books for you because you have gotten uh, awards and rave reviews. You must be thrilled with all of this. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's great to just be able to write books and connect with people, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun time. Well, in addition to fun, I have to say, again, you have quite an imagination, and it is on full display in Alone Out Here. So please give us a little bit about the story itself and maybe some about the main character, Lee Chen, and her fellow space travelers. Absolutely. Okay, so um, it is indeed elevator pitched as Lord of Flies in Space. That's not inaccurate. Um, The kind of pitch is that it's set in the year 2072 in the shadow of a forthcoming uh, climate apocalypse brought about by a a volcanic eruption. Um, So in anticipation of this, um, the world's leaders and engineers and scientists are trying to rally together to build a uh, space fleet that will get a certain number of people off of the Earth safely um, and so there are a group of kids who are touring the first finished ship, this prototype spaceship, about a year ahead of when the uh, volcano is supposed to erupt. Um, and then it goes off ahead of time. And these kids are the only ones who make it off um, the face of the earth alive. So they have to grapple with that knowledge um, and with the pressure of suddenly being basically the only ambassadors to the future of humanity Um, And kind of the fundamental question is, will they be able to uh, build a new society or will they fall into the same mistakes that their their parents have made? Um, And yeah, as for the main character, Li Chen, um, she is, um, it's an international group. So she is one of the Americans on board. She's actually the first daughter of the United States. Um, And yeah, she has dealt with a lot of of pressure um, as somebody who's grown up in the media spotlight and she's learned to be someone who kind of is reticent and keeps her opinions to herself and sometimes doesn't even form opinions. So this becomes an issue when suddenly um, as somebody who's uh, sort of thrust into a position of power aboard the ship, what she thinks and believes becomes uh, very important um, in terms of the direction of the ship in its future. 
Well, that was a great synopsis of what you've written because uh, everybody's <laughs> going to get an idea of, oh, my gosh, this is really an interesting piece you've got there. But I have Thank to ask you. you as the author, again, you've got I, – I um, I'd love to live inside your head for maybe an hour and a half. I don't think I could take it for much longer with all this imagination you've got. But when you think about, okay, there's going to be a volcano, we're going to blast off into space, how do these ideas come to you? Do you get – flashes of insights or do you think about oh, things? Or... That's a great question. I think for me the human element is always going to come first. Um, I'm a character writer. I'm interested in um, psychological questions first and foremost. Um, so kind of what comes after that is going to be kind of the trappings of the world and how the world interacts with, with characters and such. Um, in terms of the volcanic eruption, um, that was uh, hmm. That is sort of, um, that came from like a necessity to uh, have something that could potentially cause like an actual planet killing event. Um, and the, the event that actually is the, the planet killer in this scenario is the release of um, uh, stores of methane beneath this particular volcano, which um, conceptually is supposed to trigger a uh, runaway greenhouse effect and basically turn Earth into something that resembles Venus. Um, there are not that many planet-killing events that we can really foresee. So, yeah. Thank goodness for that, Riley. Yeah, thank goodness. But I can yeah, see no you sitting there and waking up so and thinking, oh, I'm going to kill off the whole world now, and oh, I'm going to blast <laughs> off it. It's time. I mean, <laughs> it must be quite, an like I say, an adventure inside your head, I have to say. Yeah. But the other thing yeah. is, as the author and the, uh, the, the person who's come up with all of these ideas, because there are a number of twists and turns, and there are layers in the story, do you have an outline to keep it straight in your head, or you just kind of yeah. know, or do the characters actually speak to you? Because I know some authors mm. say that the, the characters kind of take spots in their own head. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a combination. Um, I, I always know the ending of a project going in, because I think that the ending is going to define everything that precedes it. Um, I... I do think that, like, if the characters are not seeming to take on a life of their own, then they probably need to be further characterized. Um, and if they're not seeming to sort of make their own choices, then it may be a warning sign that that character uh, is not developed enough to seem like they have agency or opinions of their own. Um, it's definitely a pleasurable moment when that happens with a character when they somehow surprise you or begin to act by themselves. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, working within an outline, you've got to sometimes keep them in line. <laughs> well, so then by doing, you know, creating the end, you kind of have an idea of where everything will obviously end mm -hmm. up. But then in between are when you get these kinds of, oh, I'm going to have her do this or I'm going to have him do that and stuff. Yeah, exactly. You can't outline things down to the exact moment, um, of course. So, yeah, there, for me at least, there's got to be some sense of freeform motion. Um, wow. Well, Riley, this, again, you've gotten a lot of acc acclaim, awards, and all that, and this is your fourth young adult book, but why did you decide to focus on writing for that audience? Um, so as a team reader, I, I mean, I still really feel books very emotionally, and I still love fiction, obviously, um, but when I was reading books as, as a teenager, I think they really, like, cut into me in a way that they don't really do anymore. There's like a certain immediacy to, to reading at that age that I 
that I love and I love the idea of like accessing that kind of emotionality. Um, so yeah, that's one of the kind of distinct pleasures of writing for young adult audiences. So the level of enthusiasm and the, the type of engagement that the readers can have to, to a book. Um, yeah. And obviously the dream is to make reading fun so that, uh, someone becomes like a, a lifelong reader and to be part of that like tapestry of, of reading experiences for somebody. Wow. Well, that, now that's kind of, that is part of your calling. I think that's wonderful. And two, uh, you, as I believe this is your first, uh, science fiction novel, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, my first three were grounded contemporary books, but actually those were sort of flukes because my first, my first book was kind of a coming-of-age slice-of-life book, and so my publisher, um, you know, I would send pitch ideas, and the publishers were excited about me continuing in that vein for books two and three. But actually, the, the majority, the large majority of ideas that I come up with on my own are these speculative either science fiction or fantasy concepts. Um, so in a way, it's nice to kind of have this one out in the world and, and feel like I am um, coming to the thing that I that I most often am animated by as a writer. Wow. Well, I I could talk to you all morning, unfortunately. I, I know your time is limited, uh, so I do <laughs> want to ask just a last question here. Well, first off, sure. you have a website, so where can our listeners go to find out more about you, your work, and your yeah. incredible books? <laughs> that would be RileyRedgate.com, and you can also find me on Instagram, uh, if you Instagram, at uh, just RileyRedgate is the handle. Um, yeah. Okay, and my final question to you is, what do you hope your readers take away from your books? I know that's a big question in 30 mm, seconds or less, but... It's tough. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of anxiety out there right now about, um, you know, becoming a, a good person and a person who is perceived as good. I think we have a very forward-facing culture right now with the Internet and everything. Um, and so I think there can be a lot of anxiety around that, especially for young people, um, who don't want to be seen as doing or saying the wrong thing and are, are kind of nervous about that. Um, that's something that the main character really struggles with. And I think, um, you know, there are larger moral questions about society, et cetera, but I think that's probably the, the most personal question. And I think it's important to figure out what you stand for and what you believe and how to say that in a way that is public and meaningful. Um, and, yeah, that's, I think, the, the heart of this one, at least. Um, for what I would want to take away to be. Well, Riley, well, I think you summed it up very nicely, very creatively, <laughs> and with a lot of good verbiage, as every author should have. This has been such a delight for me. Thank you, Thank Riley. You so well, Bye. and also for... For all of you listeners out there, make sure to check out each of Riley's books. They'll give your grandchildren and you, too, many hours of reading pleasure and lots of adventures to share. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio. And I'll catch you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>